Spring of Life Fellowship and its pastor Joaquin G. Molina invites you to listen to a message of restoration and strengthening for your life. Be a part of the vision, changing the world. Goodness in this place. We give you thanks, Lord, that you are the Alpha and the Omega. You start things out and you finish them, Lord. And the work that you have started in this, this place, Lord, we have seen throughout the years that you've been faithful to increase, to add, to uh, prosper, to purify, to cleanse. You have been very faithful, God, at incredible degrees, Lord. And we want more of your purposes. We want more of your provision. We want more of all the things that you have already set in motion when you created all things. When you have, even before time you created us before the foundations of the world you set us apart for this generation we pray that we would become the fullness of your purpose in this time that our thoughts would be your thoughts our words would be your words our steps would be your steps that we would be totally surrendered that we would find you lord that you having done all things lord in our lives with perfection lord that now you would have the fruit of that work in our hearts and in a life of obedience and surrender. For your ways are better than our ways. Your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And I pray, Lord, that this word that we hear in January 1st of 2012 will mark the theme of this year, Lord, would mark your heart for us in this time. And we pray that you would bless this word and prosper it in the hearts of your people as we enter into a new time, a new season. Lord, that faith replaces fear and fruitfulness replaces a desolation, O oh God. We give you thanks for a people that have good tidings in their mouth that are the light of the world. People that walk different, think different, fellowship different, celebrate different, O oh God. Prosper us in everything we do this year. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. As we enter any new season, it's a time for curiosity. Many people are always trying to find out where we're headed and what's going on. And I just want to give you some encouragement this morning, I mean this, this evening. Um, as we enter into this season of our life, we're going to start reading in the very words the Lord gave me to begin this gathering. Um, and it starts there in Mark chapter 6, in verse 30. We have good news and bad news. Here we go. Let me get this thing done here. Mark 6, 30. The Bible says like this, the apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all things. What was included in those things that he told them was all the things they had done and all the things they were teaching. And being with Christ opens up our horizon at levels that we never even dreamed and thought of. Our life without Jesus was 
vain. It was temporary. It didn't have significance. We went from one thrill to a one thrill without any depth in what we were doing. It didn't have any longevity. It didn't last. And so here, as they come to Christ, He has taught them. And when it says that uh, they were telling Him everything they had done and what they had taught, it's because they had learned something. And the things they were doing were phenomenal things. Huge things. Ever since they met Jesus. And I could just want you to put the parentheses around all things. They told Him all things. It's real easy in our lifetime to engage in every front as a Christian, as a prosperous person, as a blessed person. We could get a lot of things. We could get into a lot of things. And we're excited about being able to show God everything we do and everything we have learned and how we're moving and being effective in our own right. But 2012 is not going to be a time to focus on the things that we can do and the things that we have the ability and the expanse to do. It's not even about what we can do for others. It's not that expanse. You'll see that in the midst of this time, in verse 31, Jesus didn't place a lot of attention on what they were doing or what they were teaching. He wasn't putting a lot of attention upon every range of goals they had. And for, for us that are healed and made whole, the, the, you know, the horizon is open for us to do anything on every front. But Jesus wants us to concentrate on something else in 2012. And He said to them, come aside. Come apart. Come and be separate. Be isolated. Come and, and set yourself in a, in a uh, it says a private place. It's a deserted place. A place where there's not a lot of things to do. There's not a lot of things to say. It's just a time to be alone with Christ. And there is no doubt that the mind of God for for 2012 is that His people would become separate. They would not be engaged on every front, but they, they would be alone and, and they would concentrate on Him. For there were many, say with me, many coming and going. That's the atmosphere of our times. Everyone is all over the place. And it's easy to be all over the place. How many say amen? It's easy to fill up our schedules. It's easy to be on every front. And we said it a couple of nights ago as the Lord told us to be still. And now He tells us at the beginning of this year that it's a time to come and to be apart and private. And He says, set yourselves aside to a private place and rest in this season. Rest. Find privacy. Find intimacy. Go deeper with Christ. Because many are coming and going and have not even had time to eat. And as we start meditating on this Word, we start seeing what the Lord desires for us to do in many fronts. And we'll see how, how it's so important to get away and be alone with God. So important to see God for who He is. I see all the... the uh, the evidences of God in our time. He's saying that 
that he would do this on a constant basis, calling his people aside. Let's go to Matthew uh, 6, 6. He says, when you're going to engage with your father, go to your most private room. I want you to, in 2012 to have a private place with God. There's going to be a lot of things taking place, a lot of movement. But when you go to your private place, shut everything else out. And there engage in intimacy. Engage in a different type of private life with your God. Who's in a secret place. And your Father who abides and sees in a secret place will reward you openly. I want to challenge you that it's only when we walk real close to Jesus that we're fruitful anyways. It's only when we're connected with Him in a relationship that everything else is fruitful. I'm amazed that Jesus' ministry was only three years long. How did this man change the world in three years? If I gave you ten, could you change this world? And the reason he could change the world is because he wasn't engaged in many fronts. He was engaged in one front, and that was a close, intimate, personal relationship with his father. He was so together with God in such a connectedness. And I I don't think we're there yet, but I think God is calling us there, for I really believe that God is coming soon. And we're going to be fruitful for our fruitfulness is not going to be doing many things and talking about everything we do, but it's going to be in that private place with our Lord. In Luke chapter 5, verse 16, the Bible says Jesus withdrew himself from the crowd that gathered around him and went into a private place where he could talk to the Father alone. Luke chapter 5, verse 16. There were great things taking place, but the Bible says that the key to his fruitfulness was he himself often, say with me, often. I want to encourage you once a week to get away to be alone with God. Get away and and spend some one-to-one time saying, Jesus, there's a lot of things that I could be doing. There's a lot of things that I have that can be my goals, but I want to find a secret place and often withdraw into a private place to have fellowship with our God. That's going to be the key to this year. In Luke chapter 6, verse 12, again, now during the nighttime, Luke 6, 12. During that time, Jesus went out into the mountainside to talk to His Father, and He would spend all night in prayer with God. All night, not watching television. All night, not thinking about what, how he's going to invest in the stock market. All night, not figuring out who are his friends or who is his enemies and what's taking place in his life. But he went out to the mountain to pray, to a private place, and continued all night in prayer, speaking and sharing with the Lord. In John chapter 5, verse 19, he was able to communicate these words, I tell you the truth. When I say that the Son is able to do nothing, I say to you the Son is able to do nothing of Himself, but what He sees, what He has seen in intimate relationship with the Father, for whatever He does, the Son also does in the like manner. As we're alone with God, God will give us His heart. That's what God is saying. 
when, he, when he's calling us apart in 2012, it's going to be an impartation and a transference of who he is. That's what it's all about. Intimacy is being in love with Christ. If, if you're not close to Christ, you, you may drift off. You may concern yourselves with other situations. He says, I can't do anything. It's only what I've seen my father do. What, uh, what I've seen as I've been in private with him. In Hosea 2.14, the promise of God is that he would attract us and bring us to a place of privacy. Allure her. Behold, I will call her. It's calling us apart as his bride. Calling us apart as the ones that, that are the object of his incredible devotion and affection. We are a blessing to the world. We are a blessing in our lives to our families. But the root of our blessing is our fellowship with God. The root of who we are, what makes us special, is because we have come into close proximity. I don't know what your New Year's resolutions are, but I know one thing. If you make Christ your new resolution, that'll include everything and then some. If you say this year, I'm going to concentrate in getting closer to Jesus. And some people are going to call you freaks. You already are close to Jesus. But the closer we get to Jesus, the more fruitful and prosperous we are. The more intimate we are with our God, the more He can speak. Say with me, comfort. You feel peace of God when you fellowship with Christ. And He says, don't worry, cast your burdens upon me. I'll take care of you. He wants to bring us into closer proximity. This is not a message that the world wants to hear. It's not even a message Christians want to hear. We already saw John chapter 6 that many of his disciples went away when he called them closer. Eat of my flesh, drink of my blood, get committed for real in these matters. And it says from that time on, many decided to stop walking with him. In John chapter 5 verse 30, he continues to explain these words. I can of myself do nothing. Are you at that point yet that you realize that your effectiveness is only when you're close to the Lord? As I hear, I judge. My judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. It was part of yesterday's message to say it's only when we're doing the will of God that we're fruitful. It's only when we engage in God's timing are things productive. And so he says, this is what I seek. I seek to find the will of God. John chapter 7, verse 16. He says, my message is not my own. But I spend time with my Father. And the one who has sent me, this is the message that I have. John chapter 8, verse 38, he says it again. I'm only telling you what I've learned in the Father's presence. Are we committed? I speak what I have seen with my Father. And you end up doing, you end up doing what you have seen with your Father. He's making a distinction. You're going to produce the fruits of the intimacy with who you have. And in this world, many people are engaging in the spirit of this age. But I want to see the fruits of spending more time with Christ. I want to see what's going to happen as we approach closer to know the, 
the, the heart of God. In 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 12. Many times, it's 2 Peter, I'm sorry. 2 Peter 1.12. Many times we think, well, if the Lord shows up, then I'll know what to do. But I want to tell you that even these men who walked with Jesus... Peter wrote these words, For this reason I will not be negligent to remind you always of these things, bringing back to your memory, though you know and are established in the present truth. Verse 13. Yes, I think it's right, as long as I am here in this tent to stir you up and remind you. Verse 14. Knowing that surely I must put off this tent, just as our Lord Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful to ensure that you always have the reminder of these things even after I have passed. Listen to what he says here. As we followed something, it wasn't devised fables. When we were making known to you the power and coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. But we were eyewitnesses. Can you say eyewitnesses? He says, our very eyes saw him for he he received from God the father's honor and glory when such voice so he says not only did we see him we heard his voice excellent glory when he said the words this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased guys we don't have the luxury to see in the physical the things of God We don't have the luxury to hear the voice of God speaking from the heavens like they did. They saw it, they heard it. Verse 18. We heard His voice which came from heaven when we were with Him on the holy mountain. Verse 19. And so we have the prophetic word confirmed which you do well to heed as a light that shines in darkness until the day dawns and the morning star rises in your heart. He says, even though we saw him and we heard him, we've been giving you the word, that which you hold in your hand. We need to spend more time in the word this year. Our intimacy is going to come not by looking for signs and wonders, not by hearing the prophetic utterances of men who speak in the spirit of God. This should be our intimacy in 2012. We should have what he says there in verse 19, the prophetic word confirm, which shines in the midst of darkness until the day dawns, until we get out of this place. The morning star rises in our hearts, verse 20, knowing this first, that this prophetic scripture is not to be twisted by men, and and it's not of any private interpretation. You get it straight from the horse's mouth when you go into the word, and the Bible says as the Days grow evil. We're going to see, I'm seeing some really messed up stuff. Not in those that serve Satan. Not in those that are in the world, in the rock concerts, in the rock groups. I'm seeing the most twisted things in the house of God amongst those who call themselves Christians. A Christian without obedience. A Christian with no Lord. A Christian with no service. A Christian with no denying self. Those are, those are abominations before God. Lukewarm Christians, they say they could take a break, they could take a vacation, they could live indifferent to the things of God. And my Bible says God's going to vomit them out of their mouth and they say they're fine. They say everything is okay. 
So I'm telling you, as everything begins to move and shake, our movement and shaking is toward the presence and intimacy and getting closer to Christ. And saying, Lord, I want to be ready at Your coming. I want to know You. I want to live for You. It's really powerful what God is telling us in this season. I want to know what He sees. I want to know what He says. But out of the Word. Let's go to um, 2 Timothy 3.13. The Bible says that there are going to be all sort of deception in this season. There's going to be all sort of matter of things that are going to be really upside down. 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13. Evil men and imposters will grow worse and worse. I don't know how much deception this world can take. Bernie Madoff, Enron, the Ponzi schemes. Men trying to depend on, on other men. Our our line is not to sit there and be deceived. Men will grow worse and worse. I, I can't see them getting worse and worse. And with every headline, things are worse. People, the key word in these days is deception. Guess what? There's no one more real than Christ. There's no more, no more intimate reality than the Lord our God. Verse 14. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and be assured of them, knowing from whom you learn them. Verse 15, he points us to what? From the childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures. They will bring wisdom into your life for salvation through Christ. They're going to bring you to a closer relationship with God. This is a time, 2012 will be a time to start the preparations that the King is coming. And I'm reminded of the book of Esther. Can we go there very quickly? Where a proclamation in chapter 2 is sent out. Where the king is looking for a queen. And in that seeking, many women come close to the palace with the desire of becoming that woman. With the desire of becoming the beloved of our God. And as they're there all prepared for that day and time, it says that Esther was brought over. And as she's brought over, you see the, the, the steps that she takes. There's many women that are in the race to be part of what the king is doing. There are many women desiring that that election. But there's very few women in this process. I was, I was reading. Let's go to... Um, this is powerful. Where there is a time of preparation before the selection. There's a time of preparation right before. In verse 12. Esther chapter 2, verse 12. Each young woman's term came to go into the king after she had completed, say with me, 12 months preparation. 
Can we spend 2012 getting ready for the Lord? Can we spend the first six months? It says, according to the regulations for women, for thus those days of preparation were apportioned six months with oil of myrrh. We say, what does myrrh mean? It's an ointment upon those people who have died. That you're not walking doing your own thing anymore. That there would be the fragrance of someone who's doing the will of their Father. Not my will, thine be done. Let's start focusing of what God can do and not what we can do. Yeah, they came over to Jesus and told them everything they had done and everything they had taught. But Jesus says, come over. We're going to a private place. We're going to a place of intimacy, a place of refreshing, renewing. A place where we, that we can find the fragrance of Christ. People are going to know that we're in private in that closet room where God says, if you go to that place, I will reward you openly. There will be evidence of prosperity, not because of what you're doing, but because of what you've put yourself away. And now you'll go see what God can do in your life and in your family. God will begin to direct your words and your thoughts. God will give you your priorities. God will establish your agenda. It's horrible that some people say, ready for this? Have you ever heard somebody say, I don't have time? I can't, I can't do what I want to do? That sounds like a prisoner to me. That sounds like somebody who's, who's locked up behind a jail cell. So six months of the oil of myrrh. And six months with perfumes and preparations for making the bride attractive. Isn't that what Christ wants? Does He want to come back with a, a drug addicted, overwhelmed, worried, increased stress? We talked about that last night. No. He says He gave Himself up to present to Himself a beautiful bride. A glorious bride. And I'm concerned if, if, if we even are going to have the, the outward appearance of the preparedness of what Christ wants for us if we spin hectically doing 50 million things disassociated. This is, they say this is the, the generation where everybody is going supersonically fast. You know where? To nowhere. They have nowhere to go and nothing to do. They don't even know what to do. But they're going there fast. Hurry up is, is the, the word of our day and age. The Lord is telling His people, be still, not to hurry up. Relax. Calm down. Coming to a place of comfort. We read Ephesians 5. Keep your finger there in Esther chapter 2. But we go to Ephesians 5 and we read there in Verse 27. Well, we're going to start in verse 25. Ephesians 5.25, he says, Husband, love your wives, just as Christ has loved the church. And he gave himself for her. What for? That he might call her apart. That he might begin to prepare her with washing by water by the word. Sounds like my sermon today. Set apart intimacy to be cleansed by the word. What for? So that he might present to himself, say with me, a glorious church. Not having spots. Not having wrinkles. 
not having any blemish, but that she should be holy without blemish. This is what the Lord wants from His church. Going back to the book of Esther, as we see these things, that the women had, had come and they started going through their 12 months, say with me, 12 months, 12 month process of getting ready to meet their king. Isn't that awesome that the Lord would tell us, church, begin to walk in the direction to be attractive, to have the proper garments in place. Now, as these women started moving in that direction, in Esther 2.12, and they started putting all kinds of ointments and perfumes Bible says, for a quiet spirit is pleasing to the Lord. And as all the women came and began their process, there was something different about Esther. Something totally different about her. Listen what it says in verse 15. Now when it, the turn came for Esther, the daughter of Abihail, the uncle of Mordecai, who had taken her as his daughter to go into the king, she requested nothing but what Haggai, the king's eunuch. This is a, a type, a symbol of the Holy Spirit. She wasn't, the other women were running off doing all sorts of things. I want this lipstick. I want this perfume. I want to look like this. I want these shoes. I want this. You know what Esther says? I want what the king wants. And who knew the king better than the king's eunuch? The man that was close to the king. Who knows God more than the Holy Spirit? She requested nothing but what the Haggai, the king's eunuch, the custodian of the woman, advised. And Esther obtained favor in the sight of all who saw her. It was powerful. But I love what it says that when we begin to give ourselves over to the Holy Spirit and He begins to direct what we do and how we do it and what our priorities are. It says that there in verse 17, all the women went by but there was only one beautiful woman who desired what the king wanted. And the king loved Esther more than all the other women. And she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins. So he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Vashti. This is what our time in 2012 needs to lead us to. Because there will be many people doing many things. Saying, Lord, in your name we did. Lord, in your name we preached. Lord, in your name we gave offerings and tithes. Lord, in your name we backed, backed up and financed and, and funded. And the Lord says, yeah, you did a lot of things except be with me. You were engaged in a lot of activity. You were doing everything with the motive of the expression. Like they said, Jesus, look at everything we have done. Let us talk about what we've done. Let us talk about the things that we were teaching. And he says, all I want you to be is in a private place with me. All I want you to be is away 
and make sure that we have close relationship. Close relationship is what the Lord desires from His people. 2012 will be a place for us to get away alone with God. Very important. That we might hear His thoughts. That we might know His ways. In John chapter 14, verse 6, the message that Jesus preached was that there was only one way to have intimacy with God the Father, and it was through Jesus Christ. We can't think that we're going to spend more time advancing in technology, advancing in our, in our know-how, in our intelligence, in our, in our ability, and less time with God. More technology and less time with God. In John 17, verse 3, he says, This is true. True salvation is this. Let's read that real quickly. John 17, 3. This is the secret to the offerings of God that they might be intimate with you, the only true God. We could do a thousand things. And if we miss this thing, we've missed it all. If we miss this thing, there is no salvation. There is no being able to find what God has for us. It's really important. In Matthew chapter 24, verse 3, there was a time where Jesus sat together with His disciples. They came to Him privately. Isn't it true that when we get away privately with God, He could begin to share deep secrets, deep intimacies. That's what, that's what we want to get away so that He can speak to us special things. And there He was privately. And this is the question they asked. When you're in private, you could ask these questions. Tell us when these things will be. How many want to know when Jesus is coming? You need to be alone with Him so He can tell you. You need to be focused. You need to be intimate. And I promise you He's going to tell you. I promise you He's going to reveal you to these things. What will be the sign of your coming of the end of the age? They were alone with God in private. And this is what he responds. He says, take heed that no one deceive you. It's not so important as what the time is going to be as that you're not going to be elsewhere when it's taking place. That you're not going to be engañado. You're not going to be deceived. Why? Because many, many will come in my name saying, I am the way and deceive many. If you're sitting there with intimacy with Christ, you have your prayer life in a private place, you're isolated with God, you're attuned to Scripture, your heart is pouring out into God, His heart is pouring out to you, I'm telling you, this is the time to get ready. This is the time to be ready with God. This is what Paul says in Philippians 3.8 when he says, I count all things as loss. They don't matter. Nothing else matter. Count all things as lost that I might intimately know Christ. That I might gain Christ. Everything else I count as garbage. That's the heart of worship. That's the heart of being ready at His coming. This is what the Lord wants for us in this season. This is what the Lord wants for us to be ready. For us to walk in that mindset. Matthew chapter 11, verse 27 says it all. 
The Amplified in the Message Bible says it in a real powerful way. If we could put, if we could put that translation into the Message or the Amplified up there, I'll read it here. All things have been entrusted and delivered to me. Who has all things? Christ. He's given them, he's been given these things by the Father. And no one fully knows and accurately learns these things. There's no one that's going to dig deep into these things except the Son. It says, no one understands accurately the Son except the Father. And no one fully knows and accurately understands the Father except the Son. And anyone to whom the Son deliberately wills to make Him known. That means God has already given me everything. And I've already been in deep fellowship and intimacy with God. You want the things of God? Come deep and intimacy with me. Let your worship be different this year in 2012. Yeah, we've had a time of fellowship. We've had a time to know each other. But let's look at forward into a time to knowing God. Let God give you His deep secrets. Let Him show you the depth of who He is. Verse 28, so since I have all the goods, come to me. Since I have all the secrets, come to me. Those of you that have a wide array of burdens in every direction, those of you who are burdened down and weighed, I'm going to cause you to rest when you have intimacy with me. I will ease and relieve and refresh your soul. You see the difference? He's saying, I've gotten everything by being intimate with God. Now you guys be intimate with me so that I could give you the refreshings that I have for you. The comforts. The words of wisdom. You're not going to be like a chicken with your head cut off. You're not going to be throwing yourself off of buildings. You're not going to be looking at the stock market and thinking that's where your hope rests. That's where your strength rests. Verse 29. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. He says, look how I have intimacy. For I am gentle. I'm humble in heart. You will find rest there in that relationship. Refreshment. Recreation. This is what I want 2012 to be. Time of of refreshing in the presence of God. A time of, of restoration. We've done a lot. We've expended ourselves in what we could do. Now it's time to replenish our strength. For us to say, Lord, I want to walk in that manner. Verse 20, uh, 30. He finishes off saying, my yoke is wholesome. My time apart is good. It's comfortable. It's, it's pleasurable. My burden is light. Easy to be born. The fruitfulness of being with God far surpasses the fruitfulness of us being on the last leg. How many say Amen. Look what he says in Isaiah 61, verse 10. When I'm with God, He dresses me with robes of righteousness, causing great rejoicing in the Lord. My soul will exalt in my God, for He has clothed me with garments of salvation. He has covered me with the robes of righteousness. As a bridegroom decks himself with garland, And as a bride adorns herself with jewels. Could you let the Lord dress you in 2012? Can you go through the process of attractiveness? Can you let God just bring all the glory that He wants to be 
that He wants to lay upon you? As a bride rejoices, chapter 62, verse 5, our children will commit themselves to you just as a young man commits himself to a bride. I want, I want 2012 to be a time that when people ask you, why do you have a smile on your face? I'm engaged. Why do you go around so excited? Because I'm about to enter into my wedding. I'm about to be lifted away to the presence of God. I'm about to be in another time in another place. Just filled with the attractiveness of a bridegroom who rejoices over his bride. I don't know that I want to show up my wedding date and see some frustrated, stressed out, bitter, resentful woman on my hands. I don't think that's what Jesus is coming back for. I think it's a woman that's rejoicing because she knows that God's love is over her. Look what it says in verse 5. As for a young man marries a virgin, O Jerusalem, so your son shall marry you. As the bridegroom rejoices over the bride, so shall your God rejoice over you. Let that be the manifestation in this season. In Revelations 19.7, it says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give honor to Him. For the marriage of the Lamb has come and his bride has prepared herself. She was alone with God. She did interchange the vows of marriage. She did engage in understanding her commitment. Revelations 21.2 says, I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem coming out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. I want to know what, what that means. Other than we have been engaged to Christ. Psalm 45, 13 says, All glorious is the princess within her chamber. I think 2012 will be that time period where we go into the pre-chambers before getting married. A place of preparation. A place of, of transformation. A place of finding out what the king wants to be prepared in that manner. Psalm 45.13 The king's daughter is in, in the inner part of the palace. All glorious. Her clothing is inwrought or worked around with gold. With the character of God. With the expressions of who he is. We're going to reign with him for all eternity. Revelations 22:17 at the end of the Bible the Bible says these words that the words that are in the mouth of the spirit of God the eunuch of the king and of the bride is saying come Lord Jesus let him who is listening to this message say come let everyone come who is thirsty painfully conscious of his need of things which the soul is refreshed and supported and strengthened and whoever desires to do it, let him come and take the appropriate and drink of the water of life without cost. Let's refresh ourselves in the presence of God in 2012. Let's find those more excellent things. Let's move in the direction of those things that please God more in time of intimate prayer, in time of getting ready for God.
Let us as the people of God, while the nations rage, while the, everything is going upside down, it's those people that have close intimacy with God that will be unmoved, unfazed. Let's stand tonight. The word of the Lord for 2012 is, we are the bride of Christ. Let us, let us move into closer proximity, closer relationship. Let us manifest that which a bride manifests to be with her beloved we're going to go deep this year into getting closer with God. We will be known by the people that, that are the reflection of His glory. And it says, if you're far away from God, you, you're reflecting a lot of glories. But as you grow closer, closer, you begin to look like the person you're next to. You begin to reflect that reality. What he wants to do this year is found there in Mark 4, 34. Mark 4, 34. The Lord wants to speak to us without parables. But privately to his disciples. He wants to fully explain everything to us. I want to be there as close as I can. To the place where I'm hearing the Lord. And I'm moving as he wants me to hear. Moving as He wants me to move. Speaking as He wants me to speak. Away with Him privately. Isolated. A time of comfort and refreshing. That's what 2012 is. Let us delight in the King. There's a lot of ministry ahead of us. There's a lot of things that... Accomplishments. There's a lot of goals. But what shall it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses... His relationship with Christ. As we sing this song, you be prepared with me in this church to say, Lord, we purpose to draw near to you. We purpose to, to come seeking you. Like it says in Hosea, I'm going to allure her to a private place to speak some really exciting things. Some really wonderful things. As we sing this song, let it be your heart's cry. Lord, I want to know you. I want to be more intimate with you. Jesus.